Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers at the Africa Cup of Nations in Franceville, Gabon, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we continue to focus on African football's showpiece, with the defending champions Ivory Coast already out ahead of this weekend's quarterfinals. And Senegal striker Mam Biram Juf tells us that he's hopeful of a good run for his team in the knockout stage. Now we get the chance to do it. You know, we're not. We're just gonna keep focus on games and every games, and hopefully things will go up in the end. Also, we hear from a player who's featured at the Africa Cup of Nations in the past, Cameroon midfielder Eno Eyang. He tells us about the experience and also talks about how his faith has helped him to know his purpose in life. Everybody cannot do the same thing at the same time. And it's, it's, uh, that, that statement would just help everybody to understand that you're unique. And a look at the English Premier League as Liverpool's title hopes took a knock with defeat to Swansea. I think Liverpool are in a real dogfight to be in the Champions League next year. You know, great start, but you know they looked incredibly vulnerable against Swansea. Well, that's coming up later, but let's start with what's happening here in Gabon. I'm still in Franceville in the southeast of the country, getting ready for Saturday's blockbuster quarter-final between Senegal and Cameroon. This a repeat of the 2002 final, which Cameroon won on penalties. Well, Gabon's group stage exit has been a blow to the tournament. Crowds were already small and they dropped further after the Panthers' exit last Sunday. Then we saw Algeria knocked out of the group of death on Monday. The Fenex were my tip to go all the way. But despite a bit of Riyad Mahrez magic, they really underperformed and went home without winning a game. Then on Tuesday, Ivory Coast, the defending champions, also went out at the group stage without a win after going down 1-0 to Morocco. So which of those three was the biggest shock exit, would you say, Solomon? The biggest shock exit uh, for me would be the Ivory Coast. First, by virtue of the fact that they are the defending champions, so you would expect that they would uh, do well enough to get through the group stage and for a defending champion who had had so much experience uh, as a team and also experienced players not to get to to the quarterfinal it was really a big shocker for me and another fact is uh, they came in and played three games and they failed to register a win now we're not just talking about a mediocre Ivorian team here. We're talking about an Ivorian team with uh, world-class players, players that have played in the World Cup, had also played in previous Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, so it is really sad uh, to see Ivory Coast, the defending champions, go out. So it is indeed a shock, and I'm sure the Ivorian fans will be very shocked with that also. Indeed. Well, I watched all three of Algeria's games here in Franceville, and there's something wrong with the team that was Africa's number one side not long ago. Uh, The team that went to the second round of the World Cup in 2014 and took Germany to extra time. Well, they were not themselves, and coach Georges Likens resigned after the exit. 
He's been their third coach in the past year. And I think Algeria will now go through a rebuilding phase as they're all but out of 2018 World Cup qualifying with one point from two games, already five points behind the group leaders, Nigeria. Well, let's look at the Nations Cup quarterfinals. Ghana had been looking good in Group D, but they lost their final game to Egypt, who topped the group, and they'll play Morocco, while Ghana take on DR Congo. Uh, so, Solomon, what do you make of those two quarterfinal games? When you look at Egypt against Morocco, Egypt has been a team in transition, but now they're coming together after the whole political turmoil that they had in Egypt. I felt against Ghana that we are smarter than the Ghanaians because they, you know, stayed back, got that goal, and they fill up spaces. They make sure they don't commit any mistakes. Uh, defensively, they were better. So they went in there tactically uh, very superior than Ghana, and they went out to win. Now they're going to be meeting the Moroccan side which is uh, playing very well also. And they have a big plus in Javi Renard, who is their coach, who has uh, previously led Zambia and Ivory Coast to to the Nations Cup uh, trophy. So their style of play is somehow almost the same. So it would be interesting, and I think it will make a great game uh, to watch the both of them uh, play. And also Ghana against DR Congo, I feel it would be a very uh, entertaining game. They have a lot of flair. They have uh, individual players that are really classy. I would tip DR Congo to win this game. Though the Ghanaians have a lot of experienced players. And a big minus for Ghana would be Asamoa Jang, uh, who limped out of the game against uh, Morocco. If he doesn't come back from his injury, is really going to be a big minus for them. But it will be an interesting game. I would give this game uh, a win for DR Congo and Morocco-Egypt. I would definitely uh, want to go uh, with Morocco because they are still unknown. Wow, so Solomon predicting a quarter-final exit for Ghana and for Egypt too. And I must say that DR Congo looked good to me as well. Uh, They finished third last time in 2015. They won the CHAN, the African Nations Championship for locally based players, a year ago in Rwanda. So their football definitely is on the up and uh, it's going to be a great game against Ghana. Those matches are on Sunday. Uh, the other quarterfinals are on Saturday. They see Burkina Faso play Tunisia and Senegal take on Cameroon. And a Senegal striker Mam Biram Jouf of Stoke City in the English Premier League told me that he's hopeful but not making any promises as yet. Ah, it's too early to say. We really focus and we have a we have a strong team and uh, it's been a while we didn't get the chance to go on the second stage. Now we get the chance to do it. You know, we're not we're just gonna keep focus on games and every games and hopefully things will go up in the end. That's Mam Biram Juf and what a game that promises to be. Senegal against Cameroon. For me, this is the game of the quarterfinals. Uh, Senegal has been playing so well, and I feel this is the moment for Senegal. If Senegal don't take this moment to get through to the final, then I don't think they would see any other moment soon. Uh, Senegal is a better side for me. They have better players. 
they also have the togetherness and the cohesion uh, as a team, uh, which is something they have lacked in their previous Africa Cup of Nations uh, appearances recently. So now they're beginning to gel. They have an approach. They can get the goals. They can defend. Uh, and also, they have a lot more experienced uh, players. And Cameroon is a team that I still feel is somehow in transition, but they have great quality players on a good day against any team that will come out and really win. But against Senegal, I feel Senegal is a little bit superior than Cameroon as a team. Uh, but Cameroon also, you never rule them out. They would go out there and play. I expect to see a lot of physical uh, approach to this game. I expect to see a lot of energy, a lot of running. And I totally agree with uh, Diof, uh, Steve, uh, because I feel Senegal previously, they would come into a tournament and their prediction would be, uh, you know, to get to the final or the semi-final. But in this case, you know, like Diof said, you know, you go in just taking one game at a time. And that is the best approach for any team. And, and now uh, through Diof, we, we, we now see that the Senegalese team is now more experienced and more humble and say, look, let's take each game at a time. Well, I can't wait for that one and I'll be lucky enough to be watching it at the Stade de Franceville. And this Senegal team looks something special. Now, last week we invited you to send voice notes on WhatsApp with your thoughts on the Nations Cup. Well, Jesse Rando is in Sierra Leone and like me and Solomon, he thinks Senegal are shining. I believe one of the teams that has impressed me or make me to enjoy the competition this season is the Senegal team. I think they have executed very good discipline, feel of play. I think one of the players that has impressed me so much in this year's competition is Salomane of um, Liverpool. You know, I think his um, step in the field of play, the pass, the runs are very good. I would say um, this year competition is very interesting. We see the likes of many young players. Look like the team of Cameroon, there are many young players. I think um, same like with Senegal. So I think this competition, Senegal, you know, has made me you know, to enjoy the competition. Well, thanks a lot. That's Jesse Rando in Sierra Leone. And yes, the quality in the Senegal team is something else. Napoli defender Kaladou Koulibaly, Lazio winger Keita Balde, English Premier League stars like Sadio Mane, Sheku Kouyaté and Idrissa Gay, to name just a few. Well, also we heard from Balong Baji in the Gambia, and Balong has been impressed by two teams. Ghana is a team of my choice, whom I definitely wish for them to be the champions. But I really appreciate the way Ugandans play. I mean, not that I'm being eluded by Ghana, it's just that certain of their performance caught my eyes, which entertains me as I watch. Because they defend hard by applying their physical ability which blocks one's progress. They also cover quickly whenever they lose balls and moves fast, especially whilst on a counter-attack, which I think poses threats and destabilizes defenders on the move. Well, thank you to Balong Baji in the Gambia. And Uganda certainly won some admirers despite going home with just a point. More from WhatsApp and Facebook later on. This is Planet Sport Football Africa. 
brought to you by Passion for Sport, coming to you from Franceville in Gabon, with me, Steve Vickers, at the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations. And you can get in touch with us anytime throughout the tournament with your thoughts and comments on Twitter, Facebook and WhatsApp. I'll be posting pictures on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, the Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa, and our WhatsApp number plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Give us your views on the Nations Cup. Well, playing at the Africa Cup of Nations is a dream come true for most African footballers. Competing with the continent's biggest stars for the ultimate prize in African football. Well, we spoke to a player who's had the experience of going to the Nations Cup in the past. That's former Cameroon national team midfielder Eno Eyang, who's currently with Standard Liège in Belgium and has played for clubs such as Ajax in the Netherlands and had a stint with Fulham when they were in the English Premier League. Well, Eno played at the Africa Cup of Nations in Angola in 2010. He told Stuart what it was like. I remember that when the first we started playing the first game, I was not part of the team. But later on, I came in in the second game. And the third game, we we qualified for the for the second round, and we had to play Egypt. And I remember Eto scoring a goal, <laughs> and I had on my jersey I'd written on it, uh, "Jesus is Lord," and I had to show that. Uh, it was very exciting, you know, because I came to the national team just in my mind. I was like, I want to learn. I want to be among those players who had playing like the Rigobert songs, the Eto, the Jeremy, who had played ahead of us, to learn from them. And, and, and pick up for the future of the team. And so when I got a chance to play in the team, it was, it was some of the most exciting moments for me in that Nations Cup. Wow, Eno Ayong getting to play at the Nations Cup for Cameroon with the likes of Samuel Eto, Rigobert Song, Jeremy, and also there was Pierre Webo and other stars. Well, Eno there referred to his faith as a follower of Jesus Christ, saying that he revealed a message saying Jesus is Lord on his T-shirt under his jersey when Eto scored. Uh, That was back in 2010 before FIFA banned the display of all religious and political messages. Well, Eno told Stuart more about his faith. One of the first things that, that, that I experienced was peace. As a young child growing up, in African context, you would say, uh, very few parents could provide everything for their kids. And I had that. I, I was in a good place. My dad was working, we're living well in terms of that standard. But I realized, even though all of that was in place, something was still missing as a young man. It looked like I was in search of for something, which I couldn't quite find, uh, neither with friends, nor in school, nor at my home. It looked like there was something that I really needed to know or to get in contact with. And... Once I encountered that message and get my heart to Christ, then I knew that I'd found that thing because I felt peace in my heart. That peace which it cannot be traded for anything. You cannot exchange it for anything. That was one of the key things that made me know that there was a difference with what I had before and what I had later on. The second thing which came to me, which became very real, is that I understood that I, I was living with a purpose. There was a reason I was alive not just uh, to be another person in the world, but I, I was very unique. I came with a specific purpose that God has already designed for me. 
Okay. What is your purpose then? I was almost trying to live to fulfill my father's dream, maybe what my father really wanted me to be. So becoming a Christian, I realized that there was one main purpose. I was alive to talk about Jesus. And I realized that God had given me a talent, which football was part of it. And that through football, I could preach the gospel also. I could reach certain people that uh, those who don't have that talent were not able to reach. So football actually had become the pathway which the Lord will want to use me to reach the world with. Lots of people would look at you and be envious of you and say you, you've got a talent, you do a wonderful job, you make lots of money. Why do you need Jesus? <laughs> That's a very good question. I remember one time I was praying and I would just share this briefly with because it really touched my heart because I really asked the Lord uh, some questions when I fellowship with him. And I remember one thing the Lord said to me was that he said, son, when you come up that day of the, the final day of judgment, when you show up before me, he said, I'm not going to ask you how many games you played. He said, I'm not going to ask you how many goals you scored. I'm not going to ask you how many trophies you won. I'm not going to ask you how many people really shouted and supported and healed at you. I will simply ask you, what did you do for my kingdom? How many people did you tell about the gospel? The gospel I came to die for the world. And, and that, that statement which the Lord said to me really dawned on me, knowing that everyone has a purpose and it's, it's important for everyone to discover the reason they are alive and to function in it. So now somebody looking at me, I'm just in my purpose in God. And you could be a banker, you could be a student, you could be a teacher. And you have to be in your purpose, doing what the Lord has really designed you to do. Everybody cannot do the same thing at the same time. And it's, it's, uh, that, that statement will just help everybody to understand that you're unique in your own way. You're not going to be another Eno. You can only be you in your, in your, and understand what you're gifted in and use it to preach the gospel and bring the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus to as many people as you can. How did you become a Christian? How did you come to know Jesus? A friend of mine in school spoke to me about the Lord Jesus. I, I literally didn't grow up from a, a Christian family background. My mom was not a church type, going to church, neither was my dad. But we had a form of, of family uh, religion or family church going, which we didn't really practice. So there was nobody in my family, I would say, was a dedicated Christian. And a friend of mine spoke to me in school about the Lord Jesus and it just it just came to me uh, like reality, and I've been hearing about that uh, from other folks. But I just had this impression that it's just one of those crazy people out there, or just another bulk of people who don't really have work to do and it's just busy with other things. But this day, it was a special day in school, and this friend spoke to me one on one, and it just it just touched my heart. It touched my heart, and the gospel became very real to me. And ever since that day, I've just been in love with Jesus. Can you think of something from the Bible that helps you in your life? All right. Uh, something in the Bible that really helped me in my life was the question about football. The question about football, when I became a Christian, and most of the statements I heard was that football was of the devil, and that you cannot be a Christian and play football. And not only that, also about setting jobs, setting professions, like you couldn't be a Christian and be a politician, you couldn't be a Christian and be a lawyer, because lawyers lie, politicians, they, they deceive, and those kind of quoted statements. So it, it made me to take a quest and really wanted to find out what God had to say, because I heard so much what people had to say. 
and in 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 talking with the Lord for myself to find out, and God took me to the scriptures in the book of Colossians, and showed me that there was nothing that was made that was not made by Him, and all things were made for Him and for His glory, and and then it dawned on me that whoa, everything was made by Him and was made for His glory. That means football also, whatever is there, is made for His glory. And He is a creator, and He has created so many things. And I believe that anyone who will discover it, when whatever talents you're doing, whatever profession you're doing, and discover that this talent or profession is a means through which God wants to use it to bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will see that it's true, and it's in that light which the Lord just, just spoke to me. And that's what really helped me personally from the Bible while I'm still on this course. Well, an interesting perspective there. That's uh, former Cameroon national team midfielder Eno Eyong talking to Stuart about his faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. I'm Steve Vickers at the Africa Cup of Nations finals in Gabon. To Facebook and WhatsApp now, and we've been inviting your comments on the Nations Cup. And on Facebook, Ephraim and Jomo Ngasa in Cameroon says, I've been impressed with Christian Basagog of Cameroon and the great keeper Fabrice Ondoa. Ephraim's referring there to two of the Cameroon players, with goalkeeper Ondoa having a great game as the indomitable Lions drew nil-nil with the host Gabon to see them through to the knockout stages at Gabon's expense. And a Basagaga player who's only 21, very mobile and a dangerous winger. Emma Achuo, also in Cameroon, says my top player is the cat, Fabrice Ondoa. Emmanuel Oliver and Day Day in Ghana both say their top team so far is Ghana's Black Stars. And Mamadou Diallo in the Gambia agrees. Ghana will win, says Mamadou. Remember the Black Stars face DR Congo in their quarterfinal match on Sunday. On to what's up and from Sierra Leone, Mohamed Shamak Kagbo says Senegal will win this nation's cup. And from the Gambia, Suleiman Sonko agrees. Also from the Gambia, Basiru Salah says, I'm very disappointed in the Gabon team, especially their striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He was very useless, says Basiru. Well, Aubameyang scored in Gabon's first two matches, but after that nil-nil draw with Cameroon admitted his performance was not good enough. And he missed a golden chance early on. And surely, as the 2015 African Footballer of the Year, the fans were right to expect more from Aubameyang. Bakari Njie, also in the Gambia, says, Thanks to you all for your concern for us. Uh, that was about our concern for our listeners in the Gambia during the recent political crisis. And we're glad that that's been resolved peacefully. And Bakary continues, I'm always watching the tournament and praying that Cameroon will qualify to the knockout stage. What a test it'll be against Senegal in the quarterfinals. Now, a question from Stanley in Ghana. Uh, Stanley says, if a player playing in the tournament gets injured and is ruled out of the competition, does he stand a chance of getting a medal if his team wins the tournament? Good question, Stanley. The answer is certainly yes. Uh, whichever team wins the competition, every player in their 23-man squad will receive a winner's medal, even if they didn't actually get on the pitch or if they only played as a substitute. 
Osman Jalou in the Gambia says, Hi, it's great that Senegal are on the verge of winning the Africa Cup of Nations. Well, uh, there's some way to go yet, Osman, but yes, the Taranga Lions have made a confident start and are many people's favourites to lift the trophy. And Mohamed Alie Timbo in the Gambia says, Trust me, Senegal will win the Nations Cup. And also from the Gambia, Bobby Brown says, Gabon were my team, but now they're out. I'll say Senegal will win it. And finally, Nuhu Bakayoko in Libya says, Well done, Steve. You're doing a good job in African sports. Well, thanks for that to Nuhu, and it's good to know that you're enjoying the show. So you can get in touch with us anytime throughout the tournament with your thoughts and comments on Twitter, Facebook and WhatsApp. I'll be posting pictures on Twitter at PlanetSportFA, the Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa, the WhatsApp number plus 447955 That's plus 447955232780. Give us your views on the Nations Cup and we're welcoming your voice notes too on WhatsApp. Here's Mwinga Maimbolwa in Zambia. Fan-wise, it has not been that impressive. When you watch some games on TV, attendance has been low. But the likes of Cameroon, Mali, Senegal and the Bukinabe fans have at least livened up things when their teams have been playing. Before the tournament started... I had uh, the Black Stars as my favorite. The Black Stars, I think, will win the tournament. And then when you look at the top players we've seen at the tournament, I've been amazed with the DRC Hitman, Junior Kawananga. Kawananga, I think, is the one of the top players of this tournament. Yusuf Musakni, also of Tunisia, has been a standout player. And if there was a player of the tournament, I would say Musakni ahead of Kawananga because Musakni has been the engine driving Tunisia. Musakni, as things stand right now, is the player of the tournament. And I would end my three-man player of the tournament by putting in Liverpool player Sadio Mane just right there. Well, top analysis there. Thanks a lot to Maimbolua Mwinga in Zambia. OK, away from the Nations Cup here in Gabon, let's talk about the English Premier League. Our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. And uh, Stuart, there was speculation over the future of Chelsea star striker Diego Costa, who was rumoured to have had a big offer from a Chinese club. He missed that game against Leicester two weeks ago, saying he had a back injury. But Costa scored for the Blues last weekend as they beat Hull. And the fans cheered him throughout the game. So is that the end of this episode or might he still end up going to China? I think it's not the end of it by a long way. I mean, I think the reason the Chelsea fans cheered him is frankly they recognise that his goals can bring them the league title. And I'm not absolutely sure who else is going to score the number of goals that he does. I think we now know he's not going to China or anywhere else in the January window. But come the end of the season, I think all bets are off. I mean, of course, it all depends whether the Chinese authorities decide to allow in more foreigners or not. But to me, this was not evidence of Diego Costa's undying love for Chelsea, but simply a pragmatic solution to a situation. But I think if the right offer comes along, he will be away at the end of the season. Really? So Costa may yet go to China Uh, Now, Liverpool were beaten 3-2 at home by Swansea last weekend. How much of a blow was that to to the Reds' title hopes? 
Well, I think if you look at the league table, they are 10 points behind Chelsea and the league is very much Chelsea's to lose. I think the real question for Liverpool is not can they win the league. Arsenal in second have 47 points. Manchester United in sixth have 41 points. There are five clubs there chasing three Champions League places. I think Liverpool are in a real dogfight to be in the Champions League next year. You know, great start. But, you know, they looked incredibly vulnerable against Swansea. It's been a bad week all round for Liverpool because as well as that defeat in the league, they also failed to reach the final of the League Cup with Southampton getting through in over two legs. Difficult times for Liverpool, perhaps. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Steve, how this season the bottom team in the league seems to win. And Swansea started last weekend bottom. They win 3-2. Palace, Hull and Sunderland were ahead of them, but they're now behind them. So Swansea suddenly have stepped out of the relegation three. So I think there's a lot to play for down there. But certainly Paul Clement, who I didn't speak very highly of in terms of a manager for this situation, certainly had the team well organised and they were good value for the win at Liverpool. So, you know, Swansea may just hang on. One thing we need to note, Steve, is that Mudubaro from Gambia didn't feature at all in the squad against Liverpool. And Barrow's last appearance for Swansea City was on the 31st of December. Now, there's rumours that he's not rated by the new manager, Paul Clement, or that he's had a fallout. Uh, And there's speculation in the papers that he may move, at least on loan in the transfer window, with Aston Villa and uh, Newcastle United, both been mentioned. So it looks as if, for the moment at least, Motobaro's time at Swansea could be coming to an end. Well, let's hope that Modu Barrow will get game time somewhere on loan if the new Swansea manager, Paul Clement, is not interested in him. Well, thanks very much to Stuart Weir. Thanks also to Solomon Ashams in South Africa. That's it for the show for this week. The quarterfinals of the Africa Cup of Nations on this weekend. So from me, Steve Vickers in Gabon, looking forward to joining you next week on the show with more from the Nations Cup. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.